Warning, the following episode features numerous spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion advised. On today's episode, we have 2015's Fifty Shades of Grey and 1999's Terror Firmer. So pick a safe word and let's make some art and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome in to another great episode of the Movies from A to B podcast, better known as the MFAB podcast. As always, I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. And thanks for joining us once again. Episode 13. 13, yeah. So, uh... Getting up there. Yeah. But, uh, for today's episode, it's time to put the kids to bed, turn the lights down low, put some candles on, grab a glass of wine, because we're about to get really naughty. With Fifty Shades of Grey. Just so everyone knows, I will be drinking. Yeah, Gavin is drinking wine right now. <laughs> Literally just poured myself a glass. I have a small glass, too, I'm nursing. But that's beside the point. Yeah, day uh, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> don't uh, recommend it. Nope. Do not follow us. No, uh, no follow us. Just yeah, don't well, yeah, just follow our example. Yeah, nope. So, anything to say? Follow before... us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> Twitter? Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, okay. Anything to say before we get into this, Gavin? I know you had a lot of feelings about this movie. I hate this. I really, I really fucking hate this. Yeah. yeah. I'm giving you the opportunity to display any bad emotions you have towards me right now. Yeah, we'll get to those. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to those. So, yeah. Um, let's uh, hop right to it, as we always do. Um, this is one of the most anticipated movies of the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, it's and it's a movie. It was, yeah. It certainly was a movie. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, this uh, came out in 2015. was directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. stars Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan. Um, a couple of somewhat unknown actors at this time right now. But um, One thing that I noticed right off the bat, while the credits were opening up and all that, yeah. is music by Danny Elfman. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did not seem Didn't that see way that at all. At all. No. And he, it doesn't show. It really doesn't show at all. No, it's not Danny Elfman music at all. No, because a lot of them are covers of, like, horrible songs. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, not horrible songs, but just horribly done versions of songs, if you ask me. Okay, in your opinion here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this movie was... Green music. It was horrible. <laughs> just, yeah. This movie was based on the book of the same name by E.L. James, a book that kind of swept the nation. It was very risque, apparently. Yeah. I have a copy I use for toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> I have a copy I've read. So... Anyways, we open up on dreary Pacific Northwest, Seattle, Washington Ish area. area. Um, it's 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 gray. It's a, the most oh. you can say. Everything <laughs> is fucking gray. gray. It's super dreary. Kind of depressing. <laughs> um, it's just kind of a montage of our two main characters, um, Christian and Anna. Christian is obviously a very wealthy man, and Anna's just a broke college student, looks like. Yeah, um, working towards stuff. Yeah. Um, she takes a trip to Seattle to interview Christian for she her... No favor for her roommate. Yep, her roommate, Kate. Yeah, that's what the book described it as. Kate was the very uh, desirable one, and Anna was the plain Jane. Um, Anastasia is her name, but I'm to probably refer to her most as Anna, not... She goes Anastasia. into Anastasia. Miss Steele. Miss Steele. Anastasia. Um, she goes into Christian's office, immediately trips right as she goes in. So Worst pratfall ever. Yeah. Most unrealistic nope. pratfall ever. It did not look good at all. 
And this is the thing. She dropped something, right? Something flew out of her little notebook. I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was a pen. Because when she goes to sit down... <laughs> probably. When she goes to sit down and start asking you questions, she doesn't have anything to write with. That's because you fucking dropped it over there. I'm assuming. Yeah. But she, he ends up giving her a pencil or whatever. Um, right off the bat, I noticed. I, think I had to do that so she could put the pencil to her lips like she was oh. blowing gray. Because <laughs> it has his name on the fucking pencil. The Indiana here is fucking. Yeah. Indiana is just, yeah, god yeah. awful. Um, right off the bat, I noticed Christian's fucking lazy eye. <laughs> Stupid smirk in his lazy eye. It just does he never not. smiles in the first, like, 30 minutes of the it's movie. It's not a smile. It's his fucking. I'm going to tilt my lip, like, a fucking half inch up, and it's a fucking smirk that just looks so fucking stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the more that she kind of asks him questions, there's a little bit of flirting going on. Yeah. Whatever. Anna leaves, comes back home to see Kate. Oh, no, I love it how when she steps outside the building. She is literally and figuratively wet because it's raining outside. Oh, yeah. She's just like, Ugh. Yeah, it's like she <laughs> came when she walks out the fucking door. Yeah. But she comes home. Oh, and on her way home, this is when I wrote this down. How many fucking times is she going to bite her goddamn lip? Because oh, yeah. at this point, a staple. You, you haven't read the book, but that was a huge staple in the book, was that she bit her lip constantly. Yeah. And that's one of the things that ends up driving him fucking wild. Yeah. So, yeah. But... Anna comes home, Kate's, like, already written up this fucking story, because apparently Christian emailed her and answered all the questions for the interview, and she's like, oh, that was nice. Um, does she go to work after that? She runs yeah, her mom, or she talks to her mom, who's a bitch, and won't come see her oh, graduation. Yeah. Well, my fourth husband broke his foot, can't make it to your graduation, sorry. Which is fucked up. And uh, then, uh, yeah, that's when she goes to work, and Creeper Grey comes along. Yeah. And at this point, I wrote down, literally, this could be a horror movie. Yeah. Well, first she runs into her buddy, Jose, before. Oh, yeah. That's it's it. totally in the friend zone. Yeah, he's kind of screwed. Yeah. Um, he's a photographer friend. He has a very minor part. But, uh, yeah, and she goes to work at her hardware store. She's a down and out college student and has to work at a shitty hardware store. It is shitty. It was just a hardware store, dude. Why got to knock like small business? Not knocking small business. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, Christian shows up there, not to mention that he lives in Seattle, which is 90 miles away from where she goes to school. Yeah, and he's completely loaded and has people driving him around and probably shops for a billionaire, yeah. yeah. But he just happens to walk into this fucking hardware store. A little bit of creeper. A lot of creeper. Um, he ends up buying some rope, some cable ties, and some tape. Yeah, all the kinds of shit a serial killer would yeah, buy. Yeah, and it basically tells him that. And he's like, mm, not today. And he still has that stupid fucking smirk with his lazy eye. I, I didn't I can't believe it. you didn't notice it. I oh, really wasn't God. paying attention 90% oh. of this movie, so. <laughs> um, Any in-depth shit's going to just fly past my head right now. Okay. <laughs> he kind of flirts with Anna some more. Um, tells her that if you want pictures for the article, here's my card. Give me a call. I'm still in town. Yeah. They meet up the next day. Take some pictures. Dude to yeah. take pictures of him. Yeah. Gets invited out for coffee afterwards. And then during discussing little conversation at coffee, he just kind of abruptly gets up and leaves. And he's like, you need to stay away from me. It's like, uh, I have to let you go. I didn't get that. You have to let her go. You never had her. Yeah, You've yeah. known her for literally 
two days. There's More like a couple hours. <laughs> He's what? literally, you know... Well, spent time with her literally yeah. a couple hours. He did. He really knows nothing about her. How do you have to let her go? Yeah. You probably literally will have more in-depth conversation with your banker than you will with her. But the next night, Anna, Kate, and Jose and her friends, they go out, get drunk to celebrate graduation. She ends up drunk calling him. Yeah. And Just tell like, him off. Yep. He's like super concerned. He's like, have you been drinking? I'm coming to find you. Yeah, which is super creepy. Yeah. And he's like, she hangs up and he calls her right back. I know where you are. I'll be there in a minute or whatever. And he shows up. Yeah, the next two comments I wrote down were creepy gray finds are at bar and creepy just creepy. <laughs> yeah. He's super creepy. Um, and I goes outside to get some air. Her buddy Jose tries kissing her. Christian just shows up and like shoves him away. Out of nowhere. She puked all over his shoes. They go inside, whatever. She ends up fainting and then wakes up the next morning in Christian's hotel room. Yeah, and she kind of fainted all weird, too. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to faint. Why? Why are you the fan? I know you had some booze and maybe puke, but you're not going to fucking just... Bang. Right, just instantly. I mean, uh, were you slamming tequila? Are you fucking... Well, they were taking shots, so... Yeah, shots. I mean, there's a difference between... I mean, there's a... I don't know, maybe I just have... Too hardcore of a liver. Maybe. But... <laughs> She's a prissy little college girl, so you never know what her tolerance is. Just seems like she didn't drink as much as she let on, and then just she probably didn't. I mean, enough to puke, sure, but I mean, and then pass out, yeah. Passing out on the dance floor essentially isn't normal. I mean, it looks like he roofied her. He probably did because when she faints, he's just like, "Oh God, here we go." He's not showing any kind of concern at all. Carrying her lifeless body out of the bar. Yeah. You're really in there, so you get away with that shit. Of course. She wakes up the next morning. She's in different clothes, in a weird bed. She doesn't know where she is. Christian comes in. He's like all, oh, I brought you home. I had to change you. She's like, why did you do that? Because your clothes are covered in puke. Oh. And just uber creepy. Yeah. Like beads her. Yeah, well, he's being all like motherly to her yeah and he kind of lets her very vaguely lets her know like what he's about like he's like i don't do romance whatever which we're gonna have huge issues with that statement throughout this whole movie yeah but we'll get to that when we get to him um he ends up going to take her home and his brother's fucking her room well first they make out in the elevator oh yeah can't control himself because he wants her to sign contracts, yeah. or... No, we haven't even gotten there yet. Well, he mentions it. Because literally before he makes out with her in the elevator, he's like, fuck the paperwork. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right, that's right. That's just true. And then they go home, walks in, and Kate and Christian's brother banging. And yep. They just kind of... Christian's like, come on, Elliot, we gotta go. And it's so fucking stupid when he tries to copy his brother... I sang, does several times. Saying later's baby. God. God, that was so fucking stupid. I I remember reading it in the book. I did not think it would sound that fucking bad in the movie. <laughs> really? You didn't? So bad. Um, the next night, Christian has her picked up after work. Um, and this is where the first problem I have with him not being romantic. <laughs> yeah. Takes her on a fucking helicopter ride over the city. 
Totally not romance. No, no. no. That's, uh, That's, you know, what a fucking jerk would do. Yeah, I know plenty of douchebags who take chicks up in helicopters. Assholes. You know. Um, this is one where we kind of get introduced to the... Probably the only good thing about this movie is the soundtrack. Uh, they have Ellie Goulding's Love Me Like You Do song. I know you don't know the song. I know the song. I'm familiar with the song. Okay, you're familiar with it, yeah. But I don't listen to it avidly. Okay. But yeah, that's probably, like I said, only, the only decent thing about this movie was the soundtrack. Um, and this is one of the good good parts where they used some of the songs very well on this helicopter ride. Um, and this I literally wrote down, for someone who says he doesn't do romance, he's slowly yeah. showing how romantic he actually is. So that's total bullshit. Um, they arrive at his apartment. Makes her sign a non-disclosure agreement saying whatever happens, you can't talk about. Um, and I laughed so hard at this next line. She's like, are you going to make love to me? He's like, I don't make love. I fuck. Fuck horror. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I remember reading all this in the book. And just translating it over into visualization. It's just so fucking bad. Yeah. Um, but before they do, he kind of shows her the sex dungeon. Yeah, shows her the playroom. Playroom, which in the book she refers to as the Red Room of Pain. <laughs> um, yeah, she's kind of freaked out, and uh, he kind of tells her, "Yeah, I'm a dominant. You, you would be my submissive. This whole BDSM type relationship." And she's like, "What would I get out of this?" He's like, "You get me." <laughs> like a total fucking douche. What a fucking egotistical asshole. I, there's no. How could she even be like, "Oh my god." That is such an incentive for me to sign this. Yeah. You wouldn't. I, you would get him, but not the way she fucking wants him. Whatever. I just have no fucking words for this goddamn movie. <laughs> so they go downstairs and talk a little more, and he asks her about what she's done in the past sexually. And she's a virgin. Oh, shit! She's a virgin! And he's like, oh, where have you been? In his mind, he's, you know, he's just like, score! <laughs> You're breaking that shit open for the first time. So... Yeah, they Christian literally makes love to her, aka what he doesn't do. Yeah, well, fucking liar. Sex scene is what I wrote down. Yeah. Playroom, so- she's a virgin. Tits, sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> I like bare bones. These fucking notes. Like, there's. That's the best notes ever. But yeah, this is sex scene number one. Um, Anna wakes up in the morning, makes breakfast. Um. And there's that creepy, sensual bath scene. Yeah. It's like, we need to get you cleaned up. And then it's just fucking creepy. This whole movie is pretty fucking creepy. Yeah, it's just <laughs> highlight the super creepy parts. Um, once again, thought he didn't do romance. That seemed kind of romantic, the way he was handling her and stuff. Whatever. Um, they're going to bang again, but then his mom shows up. Mm, yep. Kind of creepy. Eats her out quick. And uh, this is where Anna asks how, how many women have been here before. And like he's like 15. Like, that makes you feel special. I'm lucky yeah. number 16. <laughs> <laughs> you are literally just a number. And then Anna's like, I want to go home. Take me home. She falls asleep while they're driving. And he just kind of stops in the middle of the sacred home. Forest. Like, this guy is way too creepy. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm trying to think of other words to describe it, but... Creepy is like a prime word here. Yeah. That, that, that's I've I, if I could count how many times I wrote creepy down, yeah. I'd probably you know would lose count. Um, 
But he tells her about how he got into this, how he met. Yeah, he was a submissive when he was 15 to one of his mom's friends who gets referred to as Mrs. Robinson. Um, drops her off at home, gives her the contract, says, read it, open, read it over. And he also just gives her a laptop because hers was broken. Yeah. You know, I'm wealthy. Here's a laptop. Yeah, he's a billionaire, so. And uh, this is just kind of a montage now of Kate and Anna moving to Seattle and... You know, kind of narrating what the contract says, you know, how the submissive would abide to all rules yeah, of it. Do that. Maintain a healthy diet. It's fuck. it's creepy. Yeah, it's very you have uh, to controlling. Eat, you know, you'd have to work out, maintain your uh, stamina and all this crap. Um, if you read the book, they, you can literally read through the entire contract in the book. It's fucking disturbing. That sounds like an interesting read. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. But Anna kind of researches it and doesn't like what she sees, and yeah. she kind of like decides against it. Sends a message, says, "Nice knowing you." Yeah. And then he pretty much breaks nunners. Yeah. And then a uh, creepy ass fucking she comes home, and he's just standing there with a bottle of wine and some glasses in her house. Yep. After she's doing laundry. And who the fuck does that? It's like borderline rape. That, well, it is. I mean, it's breaking and entering, followed by Dylan fucking too. Yeah, yeah, he ties her up. He, he ties her up. She can't get away, and like rips her clothes off, and then fucks her. But she wants it, so it's like not. Rape. Does but she? It is. She doesn't say no. Yeah, but and she, she never says yes. <laughs> and well, she he says, "Is this what you want?" And she's like, "Is this?" He's like, "Is this the tie you want?" And she's like, "Yeah." It's it is borderline rape, but and then after that. What are they doing? They're fucking cuddling. I didn't even know. That's romantic. Before he leaves, they're like, you know, cuddling in bed. That's romance to me. So, yeah. another instance where he doesn't do romance, you fucking liar. It's probably why he got so far in business, because he's a fucking liar. Yeah, more likely. Yeah. Um, no, actually, early in the movie, he said hard work equals luck. Well, yeah, probably just being a fucking liar, too. Yeah, pretty much. Anyways, Anna tells him she has issues with the contract. They want to set up a business meeting. Yeah. Um, so they literally set up a business meeting at his building or whatever. His, and I'm pretty sure he owns a whole damn building. Yeah, house or building or whatever the fuck it was. Um, kind of goes over points in the contract. And this is, I'm sure you laughed at this part. You had to. I really didn't like did? much of this. I thought it was funny. She's like, can I bring your attention to section five, whatever? And he's like, I'm there. See the part where it says anal fisting? He's like, yep. Strike it out. <laughs> he's like, you sure? Yep. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Her reaction to it was so funny. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of like tells her, I'm impressed by your whole, the way you carried yourself. I propose an amendment to the contract that we go on a date once a week. Oh, yeah. Once again... Fucking romance, which what he doesn't do. Is it complying to one date a week? It's what he doesn't do. He's never done it before, apparently. Is that romantic, though? She's probably lying about. It's like, I'm a total monster, but... Well, the date he said, we'll go ice skating, we'll go out to dinner, we'll go out to a movie, you know? Shit, you know, it seems romantic. Um, Anna still doesn't answer whether she's going to sign it or not. Christian's kind of getting restless. 
he's the keynote speaker at their graduation now. Um, as a present for her graduation, buys her car. Buys her car, and sells her old one. Yeah. So she really has no choice but to take it. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Fucking whack job, dude. Like, that's a little too much. And then uh, she kind of rolls her eyes at him, and he punishes her, gives her a couple yeah. spankings. Um, Anna comes over the next day, and this is when such a hard time taking any of this shit like seriously. Oh, I know. I'm trying to be critical. I know. But I just trust can't. me. I can't. I was laughing through this entire movie. This is terrible. But Christian shows up, shows her what the playroom would be like, um, and etiquette. Yeah, all the etiquette. How you got to kneel by the door and wait for me to come in, and tells her, you know, what remember what your safe words are. And then sex scene. Yep. Shackles her, kind of whips her with the riding crop. She seems to, you know, love it. And then basically fucks her brains out because he literally has to carry her down to the bed afterwards. So. Um, and she could just be a lazy bitch, too. That, too. But, yeah. This is another good uh, song from the soundtrack. This is Beyonce's remake of her. Huge hit, Crazy in Love. Totally different spin on it. Um, I enjoyed the song. Um, Anna wakes up. They go to dinner at her, at uh, Christian's family's house, which you can, and this is where you learn Christian's entire family is fucking loaded. Yeah. They literally have, like, a compound where they live. Kind of. It's a huge, just, plantation almost type thing. Yeah, well, does he give them the money, or does... I'm sure he know. earned it himself, but he, remember they said he was adopted from a younger age, and this was adopted by a wealthy family. They outlined so much more in the book about where his... Yeah, there. I don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving um, along. Yeah. This is, At the dinner, Anna tells how she's going to visit her mom for a few days, and That's Christian... He doesn't know about. Yeah. He freaks the fuck out. Super possessive. Yeah. Um, and takes her to the this, like bathhouse type area or pool house or whatever and yeah or whatever they have a little argument or whatever just more boring shit yeah uh, they go back to his house and then he kind of tells anna about his early life how his real mom was a crack addict yeah, how he remembers shit from four years old yep. which he doesn't yeah. but the funny thing is is he, she's sleeping this entire time so i don't think she hears any of this yeah i'm pretty so, sure she doesn't um next morning anna goes to visit her mom in georgia she has a nice dinner one night. The night following day, they're at brunch. Getting drunk. Who the fuck shows up? Yeah. But she, Christian. She gets a fucking text that says another Cosmo when she gets another drink. Fucking stalker. It's like, okay, I was just sitting in the back watching you drink when I know I probably shouldn't be here, but, you know, it's like, okay because I'm a billionaire, nut job, and... Why don't you just tell her, hey, I'm going to buy you a leash, yeah. keep you on it, and you're never going to leave my side, because that's yeah. what it seems like. Do you want those collars that says slave on it? And... <laughs> Pretty much. Um, the next day, he takes Anna out on a fucking glider. Yeah, on a nice has a glider. glider ride. Yeah. Once again, not romantic at all. Well, the whole showing up there is super fucking creepy, and then he does something like yeah, super romantic. For it, yeah. for it. But this is the part where she finally calls him on it. <clears throat> After doing all these things that could be deemed fairly romantic, she's like, I thought you didn't do romance. So I'm like, finally. Took you this fucking yeah. long. Um, they go back to, well, he goes back to Seattle because he's obviously having some trouble with his company. There's a call, there's some work issues. When, 
This is the beginning where you can see he sucks so bad at being angry on the phone. Yeah, I didn't even pay attention. <laughs> he's just, he's trying to be like, what? No, there's no way. This is unacceptable. We cannot do this. This is not what I have planned. Keep me posted. And <laughs> this is so bad. Angry phone slam. Yeah. Wait, I'm not supposed to read that? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let's do it again. <laughs> Anyways, Anna comes over, and he's, like, super upset. And he orders her to go to the playroom. He's like, I don't, we don't need a fucking contract. If you're here, you're here. Whatever. Um, and sex scene. Yep. Ties her up. Blindfolds her, flogs her now with a new little toy, which, again, she seems to love, and then fucks her again. Um, This is shortly after this Anna reaches some kind of breaking point. She wants more. She wants the relationship. He gets angrier at her because she doesn't get that he can't do this. Because I'm 50 shades of fucked up, that's why. It's not who I am. I was halfway there, too, when he started saying I was like, ah! Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say gray, so I was like, ah. Nope. Um, uh, but this is where he's like, I need to punish you because you're really pissing me off, kind of. So she's like, fine, show me the worst. Show me the bad side of this. Show me what it's all. And he's probably like, God, finally. Nut. Fuck. Jesus. I'm waiting for this shit. <laughs> so they go into the room, and he's like, I'm going to hit you six times. You're going to count with me. And... Let's go for it. So he, she kind of bends over, and he, like, takes off his belt, and literally... It's not... I mean, there's more brutal beating scenes in movies, but he just smacks her with his belt. And she's, like, starting to tear up, and he's totally getting off on this. Yeah. With each hit, he's just like... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the end, she's, like, gets up and... He tries to touch her, and she's like, get the fuck away from me. Don't fucking touch out. me. Yeah. yeah, And you will never do that to me again, or whatever. And, uh, she goes and gets dressed, or whatever. Or no, she doesn't get dressed. She goes to the bedroom and kind of lays down in sadness and shame, curled up in a little ball. Yeah. Um, she gets all her stuff together. She drops off the laptop and the everything else that he's given her. Um... She's like, I'm falling in love with you. And he's like, no one can love me. I'm so fucking stupid and cheesy. God. And the final scene before they walk out, Anna goes to leave and he chases after her and she's like, no. And he stops and yeah. elevator door shuts and it's like, Anna, Christian. And there's your credits. Fucking roll credits. There's your credits. Finally. Fucking finally there's the credits. Literally my last two notes were work issues, sex scene. He whips her. She don't like. Really? <laughs> the end. Yeah. The ending is kind of just sudden. If you haven't read the book, it's very sudden. Yeah. But it's needs to be like that because it opens up to the second yeah. book. So, um, yeah. If you saw this movie and you hated it, don't worry. There's two more equally probably terrible movies coming. So, um, yeah. take your way on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna save a little bit. Let's I'm gonna save to get this it. shit done with. Yeah. <laughs> This was hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> um, I I looked and I looked and I looked and I cannot find a single thing that I really liked about this movie. <laughs> I mean, even the music. Danny Elfman usually does decent music, and this just didn't it didn't catch with me. Any of it really. And I know they're all the music is just pandering to the fucking you know audience. Yeah. And fucking. 
Ah, what's what's the best way I can put this? Um, it's a very targeted film. Okay. Well, yeah, it's targeted to all the people who read the book. Well, yeah, but I, in general, the whole storyline is targeted. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's a whole unremarkable female, you know, love story with like a billionaire magical mystical thing. Or... It swept the nation for almost no reason because there's the, there's other romance novels that have been coming out for years that are way fucking dirtier than this book ever was. Oh, it was just the whole like dime store novels. Yeah, come on, the whole daily. BDSM aspect of it was what was new and risque, and it really was like fucking tame. Yeah, it was like watching a softcore porn. Yeah, it was, it was just creepy. When you're just sitting there watching it by yourself with your dog, <laughs> it's it's just not right. <laughs> so yeah, <clears throat> I was teetering between a two and a three on this one. I'm going straight two. Straight two. Yeah, okay. This is garbage. I mean, if you read the book, you might like the movie, and I'm sorry that you're one of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. That's all I really got. Okay. Solid two. Okay. Um, my not part. a solid two. It's a very flimsy two. It's edging on the one. All right. So I only gave it a two because fucking there's people who read the book that might want to watch it. Yeah. Um, I, however, I did read the book. Um, I enjoyed the book. I'll, I'll say that. I thought the book was new, something different. Um, I've really not read romance novels, so I didn't know what to expect. Um, I did think the book was semi okay. Um, first time I saw this movie in theaters, I kind of liked it because I was, you know, picking out remembering I remember that I remember what I had read from the book I'm like oh my god this is good and, you know I followed the book great second time I watched it totally different experience realized how fucking terrible of a movie this is the dialogue is so stupid and lame it's cheesy and you know I'm kind of a guy who doesn't mind cheesy sometimes but this is just bad cheesy seriously yeah this is bad You're cheesy. The kind of guy who doesn't like cheesy shit no I, li- I like cheesy shit yeah. but this is bad cheesy um, it's super slow. At one point, I pause this movie and I'm like, "How much do I got left?" And it's like, it's "Still a fucking hour? Come on!" Yeah, I was sitting there for six hours. <laughs> How is there still more of this? Um, the sex scenes are, eh. I mean, you get to see tits, whatever. Yeah, um, a little bit too much man ass. Yep, too much man ass. Yeah. Um, it's just not entertaining. The best thing about this is its soundtrack. Um, some of the original, one of the original songs, uh, didn't get nominated for an Oscar. Um, but this is an award-winning film. It did win Worst Actress, Worst Actor, Worst Film, and Worst Directing at the Razzies. So, congratulations there. Swept it pretty um, much. It, it does follow the book somewhat decently, so if you have read the book, you might somewhat enjoy this film. After several watches for me, I don't. Um, it's just bad. I'm going to be a little bit kinder to it. I'm giving it a three. Yeah. Three out of ten. Um, IMDb is even kinder than us. gives it a 4.1. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, even Metacritic is a lot more. They give it a fucking 46. So, yeah. we. Yeah. I just think it's safe to say that me and Gavin both do not recommend this. Yeah, I would not. Unless you're a diehard person of the books, yeah. feel free. Yeah. So. Like, kill some brain cells with this shit. Yeah. It's just bad. Um, there are a couple fun facts about this. Uh, for some reason... Maybe other countries aren't as open as this country is. It's been banned in Kenya, Nigeria, and India. That doesn't surprise me. And in the Philippines, the sex scenes are blurred out. So, Which is pretty lame. Yeah. 
Do they have Skinamax in any of those countries? Probably I not. Doubt it. Probably not. Which is weird because you'd think the Philippines they'd have some pretty fucked up pornos over there. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. This this is they just act shit out more than um, show it. I guess. This is one of the funniest things I found that uh, they some of the sex scenes are somewhat graphic. You do see fucking pubic hair at one point. <gasps> It's not graphic, but you don't normally see that in sex scenes in movies. But here's the thing. It's digital pubic hair. Digital they pubes. They added it in in post-production because... Sounds like a good band name, Digital Pubes. <laughs> Dude, let's fucking do it. Start it up. Um, Anna, uh, Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan wore what are called modesty suits. Yeah, or just like, like skin tight. Fucking yeah. All the junk away from other people's junk. Yep. And they had one of the editors digitally put in pubes later. So. What if they have like little tiny green screens on there? <laughs> I can see the camera. Oh, I just add in right there to look great. Um, and the last thing, this is probably how you can know it's just a fucking terrible movie. The boathouse scene where they're arguing at Christian's parents' house. Yeah. That is the same boathouse from an equally terrible movie, Electra. Yeah. I knew saw that one. <laughs> Good. I'll make you watch it then. No, no, don't do that. No? Okay. But yeah. Yeah, just for a fair warning, um, we have recently decided that uh, we each get to veto three movies a year that the other one chooses. Yep. So we will never have to watch or hear us talk about another Fifty Shades movie, thanks to me. Which I'm fine with too, so... But yeah, I will officially veto them if they come up. I have a feeling you would veto Electra if I chose it now. Uh, it's yeah. a Marvel movie. I like I like superhero movies. Yeah, I watched. To be honest, it wasn't Lantern that too. terrible. I watched Catwoman. I mean, oh. <laughs> I watched Daredevil. Sorry, like in a I sweet stick fighting skills. Sweet stick fighting skills. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's gonna do it for this movie. Thank God we got this done and over with. Um, I don't. I'm pretty safe saying you probably have nothing else to say about this. So, uh, um, no, no, I don't. I'm glad it's done. Alrighty, see, you know, you're, you're still surviving. So yeah, barely. You're still here. barely. Yeah, that's only because I got booze in my system. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, on that note, let's uh, take a break. We'll refill our glasses, and we'll be back with part two. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gavin here for another edition of Random Recommendations. Uh, this week's recommendation is actually a project that's in works right now. Um, it's called Life as Chance. It's two guys who are traveling cross-country, and they're leaving everything they do to chance. That includes what they eat, where they sleep, which turns they make, how long they're on the highway. It's all determined by them rolling dice in a D&D fashion. So if you want to check them out, they're at demonandthepaladin at gmail.com. They're at Facebook at life as chance and they have a gofundme page where you can help and bring this dream to reality it's www.gofundme.com slash ywxuuw that's life as chance they're proud sponsors of the mfab podcast and we love them too so check them out and donate if you want to it'll be a fun experience for everyone all right back to the show all right, and welcome back to the MFAB podcast. B side, like saying it like that. B side. Today's B side flick is going to be 1999's trauma classic, Terror Firmer. Terror Firmer. Terror Firmer. Terror Firmer. 
directed and somewhat starring Lloyd Kaufman and what? Starring Will Keenan. Deborah Sean. Uh, Alice Latourelle. Uh, Yaniv Sharon. Trent Haga. <laughs> Sherry Wenden. Lots of people. Yeah, there's just a shitload of people in this movie. Ron Jeremy. Oh, yeah, Ron Jeremy. Can't forget Ron Jeremy. The hedgehog himself. He, he played an important role in this movie. Yeah, he did. I literally have two notes for this because I've seen it like 90 times. Yeah, so I guess we're going to be following along with what I wrote. Yeah, so uh, just to get my notes out of the way, uh, Troma's been going for 42 years strong now. It's okay. uh, the USA's most influential independent film studio. <clears throat> okay. Founded by Lloyd Kaufman, of course. Who plays Larry Benjamin in this movie? Nice. I knew that. What's your other note? Um, Get out of the way. Shark by Sam Fuller. I want to find out if that's a movie and where I can find it. <laughs> okay. They mentioned it earlier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So the movie starts off just instant gore. Yeah. There's this mysterious chick walking by. Just killing shit. Just, yeah, just rips off this dude's leg, beats him to death with it, yeah. major blood spurts. Defetuses a woman. Yep, just rips open her gut, rips out the fetus. And then tears yeah. apart. <laughs> yeah. This is a family film, folks. <laughs> um, uh-huh. You're going to want to get the kids up from bed and... No. no. Lock their doors. No. Pour, pour a few uh, yeah. snifters of vodka. No. 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 It's a family not, event. You're not going to want to do that, okay? You're going to want to lock the doors, put a dresser in front of it, make sure they don't come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we see all this as this kind of opening credits stuff. And we go to this movie set um, with uh, Lloyd Coffin playing Larry Benjamin, the blind director. The blind director. Yeah. He does a really, really funny impression of a blind person, just kind of like wobbles his head around the whole time. <laughs> yeah. He's got a walking stick, but he kind of doesn't really use it, or when he does, it's really crude. Oh, he uses it. Yeah, he uses it. I mean, how do you know how a walking stick's supposed to be used? It's small. And if you didn't notice, it had on the top the head of the Toxic Avenger. It did. I noticed that. fucking badass. I noticed that, yeah. Duct taped on, all classy. (laughs) Um, We kind of see there's a bunch of wacky crap going on in this set. The, that Okay, we can just put this out of the way right away. The entire movie has wacky stuff going on, either in the background or in the foreground. or Really? The entire movie? The, there's not much. one thing of, like, true classiness in this movie? Oh, there's tons of classiness in this movie. We're hey, not talking about it's that. It's just a fucking whack fest the entire thing. <laughs> this is, if anyone if anyone listening to this is familiar with trauma films, they are... Um, they really, have their own breed of... There's um, no line they don't cross. Well, yeah, them. that. They're very crude, of course. Very but crude. They're, trying to, they're also very uh, political. They're very... They really have no filter. That's that's what I get from watching them. Oh, a lot of that, yeah. They push the envelope. They push the envelope and they try to uh, touch on stuff that isn't talked about that should be talked about in society. And just try and be as raunchy as fucking possible, too. Well, that's a way to get people to watch it, yeah. I guess. They point that out in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's all this funky stuff going on on the set. Uh, one of the main actors, Christine... She's getting banged in a bathroom. Yeah, she's like a horrible fucking actor. Yeah, played by Debbie Rashawn, right? Yeah. yeah, it was an amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's getting nailed in this bathroom, and Larry. Why not her boyfriend? Yeah. yeah. 
Larry, the blind director, comes in and just starts pissing all over the place because he doesn't know where the urinal is. Well, he's taking a piss in the urinal. And he turns to talk to them and just starts peeing turns out. Turns to Nikolai, who's begging fucking Denver Sean, or Christine, and, you know, sprays urine everywhere. <laughs> Which, funny, I guess. Yeah. Well, I laughed. Yeah, I laughed. I laughed. I laughed at this whole movie. Um, <laughs> Yaniv comes in at one point, right? Yeah, he, he gets, gets peed on. Side, so he just turns around and fucking... He gets peed on, well, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we come out back out to the set. We meet the Toddster. Toddster! <laughs> the sound guy. Sound guy who just gets kind of sick of shit and leaves. Yeah, he's pissed because uh, Larry, in the last scene, had blown out his sensor mic with a real forty four magma. <laughs> shot so that screwed up his microphone so he's like you know fuck this i'm gonna quit yep you know so he They're quits like yeah when, when are you gonna be ready to set up the next shot and he's like well long enough for you to suck the tad rad and gargle down the tad wide <laughs> <Tadster. laughs> <laughs> but yeah so he quits and leaves and go get wasted at this frat party yeah um he meets this mysterious chick from the opening scene um thinks he's gonna go up to banger or whatever she just kind of shoves a funnel up his ass, pours in some cocaine and bong water, and murders him with the broken bong. You really just went for the vulgar stuff, didn't you, in your notes? I'm not going to filter it. It's what happens. Well, I mean, did you listen to any of the dialogue that went along with it? I tried to. You tried to? Why don't you let me in on it? I didn't watch the movie. I haven't technically seen the movie all the way through okay. in one sitting since for years. Thanks. Okay. But there is a certain degree of social commentary going on throughout the entire thing if you pay attention to the actual dialogue. It's kind of hard to when you're getting a funnel shoved in a guy's ass and then stabbed with a broken bong. That's what sticks with you, not what they're talking about. Uh, Well, it's all what you choose to. Maybe I'll give it another. Maybe I'll give it another watch. Who knows? But super gory, good practical effects. This is what I was worried about by not being able to. Super busy this week, and I haven't had time to sit down and actually watch it. I'm okay. not going to have a chance to defend this film at all. I'm not ripping on it. I'm just saying what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, Todd dies, or whatever. We go back to the movie set. Um, Larry's kind of talking to his daughter, who can't speak. Yeah, she's mute or deaf. Or... And there's a story behind it about how they were on the... Springer show and his wife got trampled to death. Which is based on a true story where uh, Lloyd Kaufman went on a... This Oh, God. This whole movie is loosely based around his book, everything I learned about filmmaking I learned from The Toxic Avenger. And I want to say maybe 70% of the stories they tell in this are about 60% true of real-life situations. It's so. interesting, because there's some wacky shit, like I said, wacky shit, and if yeah. this is all based on true shit, then... I mean, they obviously had to exaggerate it to make it, uh, you know... Well, yeah, but... Entertainment <clears throat> and art, which well, yeah. is a major theme in this whole movie, is art. Yeah. But, uh, let's yeah. make some art! Yeah, that's literally <laughs> the tagline, is let's make some art. Um, the story basically means it says his wife got trampled to death at this show, and, uh... Since then, his daughter just doesn't talk. Yeah, she's been traumatized. Yeah, and he's trying to well, get her to traumatized. talk. <laughs> he's been trying to get her to talk, and all she can do is... The story behind that, though, is he went on a talk show and totally got blindsided and fucking 
trashed when he was supposed to be going on to promote his movie and then ended up getting his ass kicked on the way out. Wow. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. Yeah. You've met him, right? Yeah, he is a good guy. Good guy. Blame. He's always nice. <laughs> so we go back to them filming the movie. Um, I miss... I'm assuming the more as I watch, they're filming some sequel to Toxic Avenger, right? Yeah, they're filming the Toxic Avenger 4, which ended up actually coming out a few years later. Okay. Um, this movie was made. They're filming Toxie sex scene with some chick. It's softcore porn. It is. It kind of is, except, it is. dude, it's laced with, like, comedy the entire time. It is, oh. but it's softcore porn. Uh, it's... Just because you're seeing tits bouncing doesn't mean it's porn. Softcore porn. No. Fifty Shades having a sensual sex scene, you know, is fucking softcore porn. This is. I'm saying some of these sex scenes you could see on Skinamax. That's all I'm saying. That's what I mean. They wouldn't be shown on TV, US TV, because of where prudes, but. Right. You could definitely see see the. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Totally. I wouldn't call it softcore porn because there's sight gags happening all around it. Right. You know? But I mean, the sex scenes itself are softcore porn esque. Just because there's titty bouncing, yeah. I guess you can call it. That's what softcore porn is. You don't see penetration. Eh. You don't. Okay. Come on. I know you've watched Skinamax. I have. (laughs) We all have. We all have. Come on. If you haven't, stop lying. You know you have. You know, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, we see the two kind of mainish characters, Casey and Jerry. Yeah. Um, they kind of they just argue about shit nonstop. Casey, there's obviously an underlying story that this whole story that's been going on since the beginning that we skipped over a ton of it. Where uh, well, Casey's all about big budget blockbuster. Well, no, I I was talking about the Jerry wants to get with uh, uh Jen Jennifer, yeah. yeah, and Casey wants to get with her too, yeah. but kind of just to fuck with Jerry, right? So, but as you were also saying, and I also noticed, Casey is. Oh, yeah, he hates where he's working. He, he hates Roma Films. He hates Larry he Benjamin. basically has a huge boner for Steven Spielberg. Yeah, has a um, huge boner for big-budget yep. mega-blockbuster movies. Whereas Jerry is... And all everyone about, else on the set. Yeah, everybody, all about the low-budget B-movies. Independent films and yep. making art. Basically kind of the basis of this art, show. Yeah, podcast. <laughs> I am the Casey, he is the Jerry. Yeah. I'm not going to literally say I'm Casey. No, you're because... Casey. No. <laughs> we'll get, no. We'll get nah. God, I'm going to regret saying that one. Yeah. Fuck me. Uh, there's a funny spot here where they literally drop in an ad for Trauma Films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're talking about uh, where you can pick them up. And yep. Go to www.trauma.com where you can pick them up on VHS and DVD. You know, working through Mailer, they literally flash up a fucking number in a website on the screen. Yeah. Shameless self-promotion is yeah. not beyond... Lloyd Kaufman. It's, it's, it makes for a good time, though. Yeah. Um, then we kind of meet the one of the main producers of this film, um, Jacob Gelman. Yeah. Played by Joe Fleshaker. Fleshaker, yeah. Fleshaker. Who dressed R.I.P. Yeah. Passed away Recently. this year. Yeah. yeah. So. About a month ago. We'll uh, pay respects to him before we call him a total fat ass because he's just eating peanut butter. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's his character. Yeah. He's a very large gentleman. Very large, yeah. Yeah, he's eating peanut butter with these chicks, which he kind of tells gets chicks by saying, "Hey, I'm gonna put you in the movie, basically." Yeah. yeah. Um, and one, his son actually works on the film. Uh, what was his name? I don't remember. DJ, right? Sure. Yeah, he's kind of like a punk rocker type guy. Yeah, a lot of them are. Um, Jennifer and Casey go to eat lunch. 
because um, Casey asked her out to lunch, much to Jerry's disliking, because Jerry was yeah. just about to ask her out, and then Casey kind of pops in, asks her out. They're eating lunch. There's an audience laugh track and shit. Did you know the song when they pulled in on the diner? <sighs> I did. What was it? It's straight up like out of the side. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but like. He'd, Casey would crack a joke, and you'd, and you'd hear the, ah, ha, 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 ha. And he'd some, crack a joke, just say some random shit. Yeah. I make my own pickles. <laughs> and then there'd be, aw. Yeah. <laughs> and we kind of flash back. Casey's talking about his dad and stuff. And his dad's... An important role in his life. He taught him how to pickle stuff. Yeah. He's all about pickling stuff. Um, his dad was played by Ron Jeremy in these flashback sequences. Um, Jen and... Casey go back to his house, and they kind of watch the movie he had just rented, which was... No, he, she was going to go home and watch a movie that Larry Benjamin had told Or Jerry. Recommended. Oh, was it Larry or Jerry? One or the other. It's probably Jerry. Which is an independent film yeah. called Shark by Sam Fuller, which is I want to see. I yeah. Oh, that but, oh they watched Jerry's movie, right? I'm getting there. <laughs> Why don't you wait? Let me finish before you cut me. Well, maybe if you took notes like I did... <laughs> The second time I don't take notes, <laughs> you're gonna give me shit. Continue. Yeah, but uh, uh, what Casey says he's gonna go home, and then Jen's like, okay, well I guess I'm just gonna go home and watch this movie, and you know that Jerry had recommended or Larry, whichever one recommended it. It's Jerry. And then Casey's instantly like, oh, maybe you should just come over to my place. We can even watch that stupid movie that you know yeah. they recommended because he hates all independent film. So they watch. The movie that Jerry recommended. Yep. Uh, which was Shark. Sam Fuller. And uh, if that's really. It's uh, over in Casey's like, oh, Bezos, crap. There's only one good shark movie, and it's Jaws <laughs> by the god Steven Spielberg or whatever. And yep. Kind of talks more to about it and wants to go to his room or whatever, and he's like, yeah, why don't I take care of you? And yeah. kind of eats her out and then fucks her with a pickle. Pickle bags. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of their version of sex, I guess. But, if you want to call it that. This um, movie is very vulgar. Yes, I wrote down after that, everything is so gross-sounding and crude because you yeah. literally hear all the fucking squishes and... Yeah, lots of slurps. Clips and glops or whatever, yeah. It's real, man. <laughs> it's real, yeah. It's like there was an actual microphone on the pickle and you can hear it going in and out of her vagina. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, after this, we meet. Uh, we go back and see Jacob, the fat guy. Uh, he runs into this mysterious chick again. Yep. Um, she, He's like, oh, let's go upstairs. I got some food up there or whatever, and maybe I can talk to you about getting you in this movie. And they take this escalator up and kind of kills him on the escalator Yeah, with Every an axe. Every you've had as a child yep. with an escalator happens right here. <laughs> yes. Well, she kind of knocks him down with an axe, right? Yeah. And then... Uh, and then kind of feeds him through the top of the... Yeah, really, really slow, long death. It's just tons of fake blood and yeah. just guts, and it's just him screaming the entire way. Yeah, and at one point he pulls a fucking license plate out of his yeah. stomach. Yeah, he's just like pulling these crude guts out of him, yeah. And then... Uh, Another Jaws reference right there. Oh, uh, yeah, license plate, yeah. Um, yeah, that's like the most like. Remember from when we did the item, how I talked about that? There's no amount of blood that. Oh comes yeah. Out of Alex oh, this is a body. trauma flick. Yeah. You gotta understand. They, they topped that with this yeah. right here. There's no way, even for this fat guy, that he has that much blood in him. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was pretty. I was laughing. It was pretty gruesome. 
But then they go to the, some news crews talking to witnesses on the scene, and one of the news reporters is Lemmy. R.I.P. Lemmy. Yeah. yeah. You're not. Don't know who Lemmy is. You're a moron. Yeah. Why? I, if you don't know who Lemmy is, fuck off. <laughs> and we just lost you. Yep. I don't that. even care. If you don't know who Lemmy is, you really have a problem. Go look him up. He's a god. Yes, he is god. It's a classic line from Airheads. Who would win in a fight between Lemmy and God? Sure question. Lemmy is god. Exactly. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know and still listening, Lemmy is the lead singer of the great band Motorhead. Yep. Anyways, that's like his five seconds in the movie. Which, well, no. He had a scene at the end, too. Oh, he has a like, scene at the end, too, yeah. Um, he does a whole PSA. Yeah, the PSA with the hermaphrodites and whatever, yeah. Anyways, back to the story. Uh, Jen comes back to the set the next day, asks Casey if she wants to come over again. She's acting like a total slut now. Well, she's dressed provocatively. And she's sucking she as a sucker, and she's well, standing provocatively. What, like a bikini top Just a on? a bikini top and on and shorts. shorts, yeah. yeah. Uh, he kind of blows her off, yeah. and she sees everybody around her just macking and banging and whatever. Yeah. Yep. Suck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the line of the movie. It's just passing through, she walks by these two people making out, and suddenly the one's like, suck, and pushes the other one down. <laughs> so she goes home and fucks herself. With a pickle. With a pickle, as she imagines Casey. Um and then her mom, who she's taking care of, yeah. who has just fucking... I don't know what's wrong with her, but she farts and drools and snot. And, and her just, entire face is covered in ultrasound. Yeah. Yep. It's very crude. And as she's as she's right about to you know, finish herself off, you just kind of hear the... <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, it's fucking gross. But um, Then we go back to the set. They're filming a scene where this guy's supposed to get shot, right? He's so supposed I, to get shot, and he hears literally. The action. This guy has like all these blood packets on. Oh him. yeah, okay. He just pop, 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 and then he really gets shot in the head. Yeah, he takes one really good He's one. Really in the dead. Head. And then the crew starts getting questioned. Everybody's stories don't match up at all, and they kind of. Did we pass up the scene where uh, with the photos? Maybe the speeches. No. No, that's no, we'll th- no, we're just about there okay. because what the, the cops are now watching them on set, um, and now the mad they're filming the scene with the mad cowboy, yeah. and he dies. And as he dies, you hear a big fart sound, and they kind of rip off the suit, and there's a big pile of shit on him. <laughs> and uh, Yaniv is like, "Oh, look, it's chocolate pudding," and it's like a takes, takes a bite of it, yeah. and he's like, "This isn't chocolate pudding." And continues to eat it, and then they start talking, and they're like, oh, who is it? And they pull the mask off, and it's like, it's old Phil, and everybody's like, oh, no. And they go back to your knee. This is definitely not chocolate pudding. And he's still eating it, and then he's like, oh, God. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was fucking gross. And it's, it doesn't, it's like the most crude-looking poop ever, too. Yeah, it It, looks like Play-Doh with corn in it. Yeah, but it's just fucking gross. It's hilarious, though. Um... So they're kind of giving this. There's this black guy on the set, starts giving this speech about old man Phil, and it's you know kind of kind of touching. How we need to move on and keep working, and in his memory, make a better movie. Yep. And then falls on his head like a light or something. Yeah. Lighting falls on his head, and he gets shoots the shit. (laughs) And they pull it off, and he has an afro. He was bald before this. Yeah. (laughs) 
he pulls the thing off, his head's fried, and somebody's like, oh my god, he has an afro! <laughs> uh, so then DJ... It cuts to, oh, I love it, because they have a picture of old Phil, and then they cut the scene, and then it's someone holding a Polaroid of that same picture of old Phil, yeah. and it's the uh, dude talking and gets electrocuted. Yeah. And then they show his burnt-out head, and they then it cuts to a scene of, like, a Polaroid of that burnt-out head. Yeah. And then it's the punk dude yeah, DJ. DJ doing like the same kind of speech about yeah. this black guy and then he gets kind of sandwiched between two moving yeah. trucks <laughs> gets his legs cut off and he's like oh there's nobody driving these trucks and he fucking dies and, but before he has like one of the best lines of the yeah. movie where he screams out you know never give up the fight for truly independent film which it's means a lot to you know yeah. just true I mean there's a lot of great independent movies. Yeah. You'd miss a lot if they weren't around. Right. Yeah. And you may not know, but a lot of these great independent movies influence a lot of the major Hollywood Vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Vice versa, too. So, yeah, I agree with you. That is a powerful, poignant statement in this yeah. movie. So, um, what the whole movie's about. Let me kind of cut from there to... A Polaroid of him with his legs chopped off. <laughs> where we left him. Um, yeah. Not to mention, with all these practical gags, they're yeah. just so crudely done. It's... They're, it's just awesomely bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's the whole point. That's of the it. whole point of it. Yes, but I mean, some of them you just got to see to believe just yeah. how bad they are. Anyways, um, they go to the picture of him, and then the next person is just like, uh, "Fuck it, let's get to work." Right, let's get to work. <laughs> um, so then Christine is filming a scene with Taxi in the car, and uh, <laughs> look, Larry's like, uh, "We need you to sound more slutty whore bitch," and then. Let's retake the shot. Retake it, and then she just starts crying, and he's like, yeah, that doesn't sound like slutty whore bitch to me. <laughs> just. And then there's just more sex. Um, Christine's, yeah, Christine's up banging another guy. On yeah, set. Christine's boyfriend sees her banging on the, with the guy who's playing Toxie, um, and he runs off to hide in a porta potty. Which gets tipped over. Tipped over, and he just comes out covered in shit. Um, like, just covered. Yeah, absolutely. Um Somehow she gets hit in the face. Christine gets hit in the face. Yeah, because TJ, her boyfriend, starts attacking him, and he grabs, like, a fake severed leg off the table. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he, he swings it, Toxie ducks, and she gets knocked in the face. And instantly grows a dick nose, yeah. pretty much, yeah. Her nose grows into a huge penis-like shape. <laughs> yeah, and she quits. Quits and the movie altogether. the guy who played Toxie kind of dies. Um, so they take ask Jennifer to take over for Christine, and Jerry takes over for Toxie. Um, and then Casey and this other guy you gotta get that final sex scene in yep. on a close set yep but Which... there's right before that there's Casey and the other guy making fun of continuity oh it's a pretty funny scene <laughs> great scene. Uh, yeah we can't there's really no way to describe it you just yeah. gotta see it it's if there's all about how oh there's missing the C word what's that continuity and they kind of keep flashing <laughs> back and forth and they're well, not making sense at all no continuity <laughs> None of these shots are going to match. Ah, that's all that matters. No. It's pretty good. It just goes back and forth. Yeah. It's great. Um, so, yeah, they're going to film this sex scene on a closed set. Supposed to be known as the life-affirming rape scene. Yeah. Where, what is it, uh, Toxie turns the tables on his rapist and yeah. makes him feel powerless and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> by starting to enjoy it. So, 
Jerry and Jennifer film the rape scene, and then they actually have sex. Actually end up banging yeah. that set. With, like, this close set of, like, everybody imaginable yeah. there. You know, Jennifer's third grade teacher, Joe that Franklin. from the deli. Yeah, Joe Franklin. Still don't know, realize who he is, but... Um, I like when they're actually banging and she finally comes. Yeah. <laughs> Girls like a rooster. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, they kind of cut off of that. We go back to this mystery chick. She's picked up by a couple of French guys. Oh, yeah. And they're all telling her how they're going to bang or whatever, and uh, she just pukes on them. Yeah, just starts puking in the car. And they start puking. Yeah, it's just a in the car, really gross. This is kind of spliced between this and another scene where, another scene uh, where Yaniv, Yaniv is getting a plaster cast of his head done. And who is it? Like, some... Jerry, Jerry tells him, you got to sit here for 10 minutes, let it dry, and I'll be right back. Don't move, don't do anything. Yeah. And some random chick comes up. and starts... She likes dudes with impairments. Yeah. She's like, oh, that turns me on. And starts blowing Yaniv. <laughs> he starts blowing him. Um, more tits there, so yeah. it's not a bad thing. Although we do see fat man ass, which is yeah, uh, not not even as close to bad as what you're about to see. Um, <laughs> so it cuts back and forth between the mystery chick believes the French guys at this point. Yeah, they so. kick her out, and then she kind of ends up on set and shoots one of the big titted chicks on the set. Yeah, quick little more gruesome death scene. But then the line was great though. Yeah, what was it? Uh... Goodbye, bimbo. Thanks for the mammaries. <laughs> Shoots her boobs. Yeah. Horrible puns. Yeah. Love it. Um, at this point, Yaniv had gotten scared or whatever. Scared. Well, the gunshot went off. Oh, the gunshot. Everybody kind of freaked out on set, so he goes taken off. Taken off. Butt ass naked. Butt naked. Through Times Square. Just all around, all through the city. Yeah, all through New York. And you see way too much little fat man penis here. Yeah, there's there's fat man penis here. Yeah, there's. He ends up like the the French guys are covered in puke end up crashing their car right on top of him. Yeah, they do the famous car crash scene, which in the eighties Lloyd Kaufman made Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD, and the most money he ever paid on a film for one stunt was this car crash, and he vowed that whenever he does a film, he's going to use that same footage of that car crash. So, never- so whenever they do a film that involves a car crash. They have to find a car that's similar to the one that was in that movie. <laughs> and just reuse it. Yeah, and then just reuse that, you know, same footage of a car crashing and flipping over. It's an epic car crash. It's awesome. It's really good crash. Um, but the car lands right on Yaniv's head. Yep. And for some reason, there's a two-second close-up of his penis, which is just unnecessary. Really yeah. unnecessary. Yes, it is. Um, but he dies. Sad yeah. face. Um, but they didn't. Have any? They got in a lot of trouble for doing this whole Yaniv running around yeah, naked shots. No permit, right? Yeah, they had no permits, so they ended up getting shut down for a few days or whatever. Anyways, you mean you can't let a fat guy run through Times Square naked? Oh, really? Which is bullshit, if you ask me. <laughs> I thought this was America. So we go back to this mystery chick. Um, she was gonna go bang this ventriloquist that was part of the movie too. Um, ends up, yeah, ends up chopping his hand off with the dummy. Yep. Crucifying the dummy, and then yanks his dick like a Stretch Armstrong yep. as he's tied to the bed. Doesn't yank it off, just stretches it to oblivion. And as she's talking about feminism, I believe. The yeah. whole, every time she kills someone, she's talking about some topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and then that guy dies. But then soon after this, we find out that this mystery chick is. Wait, we haven't gotten there yet because, uh, what Jen goes to meet up with Casey, right? Right. Yeah. But it's at this point after he kills her that kind of reveals who it really is. Hmm. Yeah. I don't remember that. Because Jen goes to see Casey on her way to the set. Yeah. When she goes up to his apartment, he's already there. Yeah. And that's but when it's revealed. That's when it's revealed, yeah. yeah that the mystery chick is really Casey. Casey. Yeah. <laughs> Casey's been the one running around killing people. And he just kind of keeps pieces of everybody he kills and pickles them. Pickles them. Because that's what his father did. Pickles them. And kind of Casey kind of shows he had these weird, gross tits. And... You don't see it yet, but he's got something really weird and gross down below. Yeah. Um, Casey starts to rape Jen, but yeah. then she flips the tables on him. And starts and, raping him. Yep. And the life-affirming rape scene. Life-affirming rape. Casey gets disgusted by this and starts crying and heads off into this back room. Jen goes to find him, and this is where we figure out he has his dad caged up. Yep. Really deformed face. All throughout the movie, uh, Casey's been saying stuff like, I got my father's eye for, you know, business, yeah. and I got my father's tongue for yeah. talking. And... and he literally has all this pickled in a jar. Yeah, pickled in a jar. And uh, this is where we also, they're singing Amazing Grace, too, which they yep. sing throughout this movie, too. The entire soundtrack is consistent of uh, different versions of Amazing Grace, Yep, which is awesome. Um, Jen is disgusted by this and kind of runs out. Um, and the last thing we see with Casey and his dad is him feeding his Pickled penis. Yep. Looks like a big gummy bear. Good to see Ron Jeremy eat his own pickled penis yep. in this movie. <laughs> kind of disturbing. So Jen shows up on set all distraught, tells Jerry what Casey really is. Then Casey shows up on the scene with Christine. Yeah. It's and, Casey, and he's singing. <laughs> yeah, and he's got a bomb. Yeah. Um, Jerry's trying to talk him out of it, and this is kind of where he feels like you find out he really had a thing for Jerry, too. <laughs> yeah. um, he wanted a whole relationship with the three of them. Yeah, he wanted this weird um, three-triangle-way thing. Yeah, and this is where we kind of learn that Casey's a hermaphrodite. Yeah, and bomb a hermaphrodite. Yeah, his dad kind of got his dick off when he was little. Yeah, kind of fucked him up yeah. in all different kinds of ways, mentally and physically. Yeah. And we get to see his gross-ass... Vagina and nub of genus. Vaginus. <laughs> nub of a dick. Vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I want to I just don't want to see it. Stub penis. It was pretty disturbing. Um, Casey kind of throws the bomb and Larry ends up landing on it. Yeah. And gets for the beeps. Yep. Jumps on it. Just gets blown up. And it's at this point everybody's like, you killed Larry. And one of the punk guys tries to go stab Casey, but there's only dummy knives allowed on yeah, set. Does. I mean... Safe first rule, safety yeah. to humans. Exactly. Um, but Casey has a real knife. Yeah, tucked away in his vagina. vagina yeah. Vaginas, sorry. <laughs> and stabs this punk guy. Um, and as he's kind of laughing, and they're, everybody's like, all right, we need to do something about this, they quickly work up a plan. Yeah. Well, yep. everybody kind of does their own thing, and it just works out. Yeah. They lasso Casey's hand, and then they douse him in gasoline and this one guy that's been hanging around eating and farting the entire movie they <laughs> hey guys can i help out and it's like yeah pull down his pants and light a lighter and have him fart <laughs> yep, have him fart and burn casey 
And then some dumb guy is like, rule number one, safety to humans, puts out the fire on Casey. So now he's just this burnt, charred. Yeah, charcoal. Yeah. Fucking monster. Um, he was going to stab Jennifer, but Casey kind of jumps in and saves her. Uh, and then Jerry, turn... Jerry yeah. jumps in. And... Yeah, Jerry jumps in and gets stabbed in the head. Yeah, gets a knife in the head. Which uh, I love this part because uh, there's just like this long screaming scene where there's like multiple shots on one screen. And it's just him screaming. And he's holding the knife. And suddenly he stops. He's like, does it look really real? <laughs> <laughs> but it's at this point where everybody's screaming and Casey's all distraught because he just stabbed Jerry that uh, Larry's daughter finally speaks. Yeah. One, two, three, or whatever. And. Grabs a boom mic and stabs Casey in the vagina. Vaginus. Vaginus. Or vagina. One or the other. He had both. That's exactly. the crazy thing. Um, stabs him right in the vaginus and impales him, basically. So yep. Casey dies. And everybody's kind of saved. Yeah. They kind of then screen what they did have of the movie. Right? Well, they, yeah, and then they're going to go back. And, and they're going to go back and finish it. Um Jerry and Jen kind of give a speech to inspire, inspire finishing the film, and let's make some art. Yeah. And then they add one more rule to the Tromas three, three rules. Like I, remember I can't remember it either, but it's the three rules are safety to humans, safety to others' property, property, and make a good movie. And then their fourth rule is never hire uh, hermaphrodite, bomb wielding hermaphrodite. <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg loving jackasses or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's kind of where it ends. There's some stuff after the credits with uh. If you watch it, watch the credits because uh, there's a lot of little fun facts in there. Yeah. Um, credits guy keep popping up and dropping. Yeah. yeah there's a P- PSA with Lemmy and uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker at the end about hermaphrodite transgenders, yeah, which is actually really poignant nowadays. Poignant, yeah, but this was, was made back in '99 because, yeah. I mean, yeah. Lloyd Kaufman's always, you know, been pushing the envelope on topics that shouldn't be talked about and, you know, taboo. Yeah, and now this is being talked about with all the transgender bathroom rules in this country. So it's kind of literally about that. But yeah, that's Terra Firmer. Yeah. Really different. Awesome movie. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, Yeah, I'll go first. Um, It's gross, it's crude, it's sick, it's sex-fueled, but it's entertaining. It's... I mean, it's a good, bad movie. Oh, shit, man. Fucking airplanes. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Obama. Yeah, I'm going to start that whole God, thing. I can't wait until we can make America great again. <laughs> Anyways. Are you just doing circles out there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, All right, so yeah, it's gross, it's crude, it's sick, sick, sex-fueled. You fucked that up two times in a row. <laughs> but it's good. It's entertaining. Um, there's tons of just cheap, practical effects, which obviously is a staple of trauma films. Oh, yeah. um, it is definitely not for everyone. No. No. This will Should... shock and offend a lot of people. So I'm telling you, if you really have any kind of what's the word i'm looking for here you're stuck up prude yeah you got to go into this with an open mind if you want to watch it yeah um uh it's 
it's not terrible. I can honestly say it's better than Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, it got uh, better reviews. On yeah, sites. it's it's to me it just seems like there's a lot of characters and a lot going on, so at times it's a little bit hard to follow. But um, I'm gonna give it a five, five out of ten. It's I would recommend seeing it if you're very open to seeing different kinds of movies. Um, but at the same time, if you're kind of you know uh, reserved, don't watch this movie. But uh, it's definitely entertaining. It's something that you might want to check out. So, Yeah, that was my phone. Yeah, that was your phone. So. <laughs> your turn. All right. Um, I haven't even rated this one since I, I skimmed through it before we started the podcast here. So I'm just going to go off what I know and how I feel, you know, deep down inside, how I really feel about this. Yeah. I love this movie. This is your kind of movie, though. It, it's it's trash for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is the accumulation of everything that making a trauma film is. And if you've ever made like a low budget film or a film project, or you know the chaos that goes along with it, mm. you know. And this is this is a good you know jokey description of uh, what that's like, and. And it touches on a lot of different social commentaries that every trauma film does. That's like one of uh, Lloyd Kaufman's big things. It's uh, it's near and dear to my heart because for a while I was definitely making uh, or trying to make lower budget movies, you know, to get put out just like this, but never really got off the ground or got screwed over one way or another or whatnot. Shit happens. Yeah, shit happens. Um, it's definitely vulgar. Um, as Lloyd Kaufman would say, it's a movie for all ages. <laughs> not even mm, yeah, but it's not. But, uh, yeah, um, I think I'm, you know, honestly, on a scale, if I'm trying to get people to watch it and without them hating my opinions, I'm going to give this a six or a seven. Probably a seven, a seven just because I can't not yeah. love it. Go ahead, give it a seven. Yeah. Something you love. Um, IMDb rates it at a 6.2. Metacritic gives it a 24. Yeah. So, differing opinions there. Yeah. But, like we said, this is definitely... On Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 70-something. Okay, yeah. For audience. It's definitely a vulgar, taboo, envelope-pushing film. Yeah. That uh, just kind of needs to be seen to be believed. Yeah, and if you like gore, I mean, the yeah. motto is fucking stuff a melon with gore and fucking splat it into <laughs> head. There we go. But yeah, so you got anything else for this episode? For this episode? Um I'm sorry we put you through the first half. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. But uh I hope you enjoyed the second half. Yeah. So I, I out of these two movies, if you have to see one, check out Terra Firmer. Oh, thank you. you, you you'll you'll have you'll definitely have a better two hours than you will watching Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. It'll be way more entertaining. You might puke, you might pee yourself, yeah. but you won't fall asleep like yeah, you definitely. probably would Shades of Grey. But yeah, um, that's going to do it for us for today. Um, as always, hit you up with some contact info. Look us up on Facebook, Movies from A to B or MFAB Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at MFAB Podcast. And also, if you got any 
questions for us? Any comments? comments? New suggestions? If you want a recipe for some decent food, I got some. Yeah, you want some relationship advice or anything? You know, hit us up on our email, mfabpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I just want to thank everybody who's checked us out on iTunes. Give us those five-star reviews. Like and subscribe. And review. Yeah, and review. Um, everybody who supported us on Facebook, we really appreciate it. We're going to keep doing this. So just uh, giving a thank you to everybody who's out there enjoying this. We greatly appreciate yeah. all the support. Yeah, we definitely do. So uh, with that being said, we're going to sign off for today. So as always, I'm Aaron. And I'm Gavin. And thanks for listening. Have a great one. Next week on the MFAB Podcast, we learn more with Starship Troopers. And we truly hate ourselves as we watch Death Racers. So until next time. That's a wrap. Cut.